The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When a large crowd gathered with people from one town after another journeying to Jesus, he spoke in a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell on the path and was trampled, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground, and when it grew, it withered for lack of moisture. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some seed fell on good soil, and when it grew, it produced fruit a hundredfold. After saying this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. And then his disciples asked him what the meaning of this parable might be. And he answered, Knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to the rest they are made known through parables, so that they may look but not see, and hear, but not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those on the path are the ones who have heard, but the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they have no root. They believe only for a time and fall away in time of temptation. As for the seed that fell among thorns, they are the ones who have heard, but as they go along, they are choked by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life, and they fail to produce much fruit. But as for the seed that fell on rich soil, they are the ones who, when they have heard the word, embrace it with a generous and good heart and bear fruit through perseverance. The Gospel of the Lord. I've got a question for you. It's a very simple one. Stand over here, though. Do you have ears? Yeah. And what are the ears for? Listening. For listening. Does somebody have to tell you that? Or do the, your ears just work? They just work. Isn't it funny that Jesus in his gospel says, whoever has ears to hear should hear? And we want to say, well, duh, that's what the ear is for, right? My young expert just told me that. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. However, I'm not going to say that it's you, but have you ever run into a time when maybe somebody was speaking and nobody was listening? That happens, doesn't it? That's, that is a very common fact of life, isn't it? 
And if you've been alive for more than 10 minutes, you've had that experience of speaking without anybody listening to you. And you've also had the experience of somebody else's speaking and you haven't listened. And so Jesus here stops and he says this odd statement, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Because we do need to be reminded of that. On the one hand, hearing is automatic, and on the other hand, it's not. On the one hand, sound comes to our ears and registers, but we frequently pay very little attention. And this parable that he tells turns on the issue of hearing. The crowd comes, they come from all over, and Jesus, looking at them, gives this odd example of a guy sowing seed, a farmer who's planting. But he's a funny kind of a farmer because his seed's going all over the place. If you were going to grow crops and vegetables, would you plant it here on the pavement? No, why not? Because there's no dirt for it to grow, very good. So note this example. The, the man is out sowing, and either it's a really windy day or he's just sowing, putting the seed everywhere. But note this, this odd element of the parable. It sounds like the person who's sowing doesn't know what he's doing. He's sowing the seed, and some of the seed is on the rocky ground. It's like I'm planting roses right here on the pavement. And I'm going to be puzzled when they don't grow up. And so the sower is sowing the seed. And note, he's sowing it everywhere. There's something generous about the sower. He has the seed, and he's sowing it everywhere. And so some of the seed lands on the stony ground. And the birds come and they take it away. Some of the seed goes on ground where, the, where it can't put in much root. Some of the seed goes on the path. Some of the seed goes in the middle of thorns. And some of the seed goes on good ground. And that's all Jesus says. And it's only this last seed that bears real fruit and bears it abundantly, a ridiculous abundance, more than it should bear. And Jesus stops right there and just leaves people with that. And it's like, no wonder the disciples were puzzled. Uh, Lord, what are you doing talking about planting crops? What are you doing? What does this have to do with anybody? We're not farmers. We're not gardeners. We don't go around scattering seed. What, what does this mean? And so note the disciples. Right after Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In order so that they can understand, they come to the Lord and say, explain it. Help me to understand. Boy, that's a skill we spend a lifetime mastering trying to acquire, isn't it? And we often fail at that. We stop short. But here the Lord says, 
let them hear and so that the disciples can hear so that they can receive the teaching they recognize they have to think about it some more and they have to go to the Lord and let him explain because when we make up the explanations for ourselves that's when we go off the rails that's when we go wrong it's the Lord's teaching not ours and so the Lord has to explain it notice that the disciples don't just ask each other what do you think he means they go to the Lord this is important for us because this is still how it works this is why the Lord established his church so that when there is a question about his teaching we know where to go to find the answer that is reliable and trustworthy and so Jesus looks at his disciples and he says understand it this way the seed that is being scattered this strange seed which is being thrown everywhere is the Word of God and note what that means the Word of God the Word of the Lord is going out over the entire world it's not just going to select places it's going everywhere where everyone is and because the world is mixed the world has different kinds of realities in it that seed of the word is going to fall in different kinds of places and then the Lord says those places where the seed falls the pathway the rocky ground the thorny ground the good ground that doesn't stand for specific places on the planet. So that doesn't mean that it fell on Manorville and we're all in trouble because Manorville's pretty rocky. What it means is the places, the places where the seed is falling are on different kinds of hearts, different kinds of people, different kinds of hearing. And so these images of the pathway, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground are speaking about the quality of our response to the word. And that's as varied as there are people. And so note, it doesn't matter what the state of the heart is, the Lord is sowing the seed of his word everywhere. But what does matter with the state of that heart is what happens when the word arrives. But the word is given to everyone. The gospel is for everyone, not just some. But what happens? The Lord now begins to play with that idea of hearing. Remember what he said? Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear and so he says there's a type of person the word of the Lord comes the call of the gospel comes and the ear hears and pays no attention the ear hears and yet it doesn't the one who hears the word of God 
but doesn't stop to think about it, doesn't stop to consider it, is so preoccupied with so many other things, never really bothers to even remember it. That's the seed on the pathway. And what's a pathway? It's where we move from one place to another. And so the Lord is saying there are hearts, there are people whose souls are never still for very long. They're always moving from one thing to the next, one distraction to the next. They're always focused on what's immediately in front of them and the next sound that hits the ear, that's what they pay attention to. So the Lord says, what happens? The seed of the word lands on that heart, which is like a pathway, where everything is coming and going on it. And of course, the birds are going to come, they're going to pluck the seed away, and they're going to take it off that path. In other words, that one hears and loses the word almost as soon as it comes. If we're honest with ourselves, we've had way too many of those experiences in life, not just with the word of God, but just with things other people have said to us. We forget conversations as soon as we leave them. Note, this is a real tendency. And so here is a superficial life that just lives on the surface. The word is given to that life. The problem is that life doesn't receive it. And then the Lord says, but that's not the only kind of heart there is. There's another kind of heart, another kind of listening. And it's the rocky ground. And the problem with rocky ground is there's only a little bit of soil. So the seed can land, it can be received, it can begin to grow, but it can't put real deep roots down. You see this sometimes after storms where trees that are growing over rocky areas are knocked down by a strong wind, even though they're enormous. And why? Because they can't root themselves in the soil. And the Lord says these are hearts that lack a certain depth and a certain attentiveness. And what happens is they receive the word and the word begins to grow in them. It begins to do something. But as soon as things get hard, as soon as it becomes inconvenient, the word gets uprooted. You know, think of how easily we are robbed of our patience. You know, this isn't confession, so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of us find ourselves saying or thinking things we never, we absolutely shouldn't be saying or thinking when we're in traffic and somebody is rude to us? You know, the, when the pressure of being patient, when the pressure of holding my temper comes, it's amazing how quickly I am robbed of my peace. It's amazing how quickly I am robbed. The word is yanked out of the heart. And so the Lord says there are those who will receive the word, but will never really allow it to root itself deeply within them. And as soon as things become inconvenient or difficult, the word stops growing. And in the end, the difficulty of life will rip the word out. Then the Lord says, 
there's another kind of listening. And it's the seed that falls where there are thorns growing. And so this seed falls, and the soil's good enough that other things can grow there. The problem is, what else is growing there? So this soil allows the word to put roots down. It supports plants growing. The problem is, it's not just the good plant that's growing there. And so what happens? Someone hears the word, receives it even joyfully. I've been waiting for this message of forgiveness all my life. I'm glad it's finally here. Begins the process of conversion. But what happens? As this word, as the word begins to grow, as faith begins to grow, up it comes, but before it can bear really good fruit, it hits the thorns. And the thorns choke it off and don't let it grow up toward the sun fully. And so note, this word has some roots, and it's growing, and it's even beginning to produce, but it is limited, it is restricted. And the Lord says, this is that heart that on the one hand receives the word and tries to respond, but remains trapped in false and dangerous friendships. This is that heart that likes to mix things up, a little bit of the gospel and a little bit of greed, a little bit of the gospel and a little bit of self-indulgence. And so what happens is by, by our bad habits, by the fact that we do have from time to time those folks in our lives whose presence isn't good for us, and we don't extricate ourselves from those situations, what ends up happening? The goodness of the word is limited. It's cut short of what it could be. It's not that it bears no fruit. It doesn't bear much fruit. And the Lord says, it's the anxieties of life and the pleasures of life. It's the worries of life and some of the good things of life that we become overly preoccupied with that end up choking it off and stopping our faith from really flowering, from really bearing fruit. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's not that it's not there. It's that it's limited. This is arguably the most common soil we find among believers. It's not that we're bad. It's not that we're ignoring the Lord. It's not that we're hostile to his word. It's that our lives and our attentions and our hearts are caught up in the thorns of so many other things that it's very hard to let faith breathe freely. It's very hard to let the heart rise up into the light of divine goodness. Because there are all these things that stop us short as the heart begins to grow. And then the Lord says, there's that other soil. That other soil, which is largely free from the thorns, which doesn't have a lot of rocks in it, 
which is off the distracted pathway. And that one receives the word with joy and responds. The Lord says, interesting, responds generously. It makes room in itself for the word to grow. It tends to the word that has fallen there. And the Lord says something important, and with perseverance, in other words, it remains good soil over time. So that the word over time, little by little, can grow rightly. Little by little it can grow, and it will bear a great abundance of fruit. These are those lives that produce goodness far beyond their limit. These are those lives of remarkable generosity, remarkable patience, remarkable kindness, remarkable prayerfulness. These are those lives who bear fruit not just for themselves but for others. But note the key is how one receives the word and how one prepares the soil. The beautiful thing about this parable is it has two other dimensions to it. And the one is this. It's often the case when we are beginning in our spiritual life, or perhaps where we've backslid a bit, that we all start out as more like the seed on the path or the seed on rocky ground. But over time, if we begin working at our hearts, we can change the character of our soil. We can change the character of our heart so that it can be better prepared for the word. You know, the, the ground here can't change itself. My heart can change. It can become a different kind of soil. My relating to the word can change. It can become better. You know, if the problem is thorns, what do you do? You dig them up and you get rid of them. If the problem is there are too many rocks, what do you do? You get some of those rocks out of there. And so note, we can work on our hearts, and that's part of what spiritual growth is. Very few of us start as deep and rich soil right out of the box. That would be wonderful, but since Adam and Eve fell at the garden, that's not the case. But we can work on improving our soil. Wait, what a beautiful idea that is. And the other truth of the matter is this. The sower doesn't just go out and sow the seed once. The word is being sown by the sower every single day. And so every single day there's an opportunity for me to turn my heart toward the Lord where the better soil is, to receive his word and his goodness and begin growing. And it's good that we can reflect on all of this here literally in a garden and literally at the feet of this great rock upon which Our Lady holding our Lord is enthroned. Because in the very fullness of time, the sower planted the seed of the word on this earth in the best of all soils, and her name is Mary. Because who is Jesus but the word of God made flesh for the life of the world. And from Our Lady, our Lord goes forth to bear the fruit of our salvation.
the salvation of all creation from her, that deep, great, and rich soil of the Virgin Mother's heart. And here, at the foot of this rock before this altar, we can call upon her and her prayer to help us improve our hearts, improve our listening, improve our ability to respond to the word who is Christ. And that's good because in a few minutes, right here, off this altar, that one who is both the sower and the seed is going to be here. You know, and I'm going to come forward with the saborium in my hand and the little round white consecrated hosts that are his body, his presence. How like seeds. And no, there's enough for everybody. The seed of Holy Communion is given out to all who come forward. The seed is given, is sown, but the hearts that come forward are many and varied. Some of our hearts today are thorny ground, some of our hearts are rocky ground, some of our hearts are good ground. But the seed comes to all of us. And the beautiful thing is between now and that moment when we come forward to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we can begin attending to our hearts and making sure that they're truly ready. But how beautiful is it that we who sow ourselves or plant ourselves in the rich soil of the church can come forward and stretch out our hands and receive he who is the word made flesh for the life of the world. The seed is the word. And today in Holy Communion, the seed is Christ. And he is sowing himself in our hearts and in your heart, personally. Receive him. Linger with him. Don't be too quick to get up or to think about other things. Be present to him who is so marvelously present to you. And note what he said about perseverance. As we are faithful to seeking him in this sacrament and allowing him to sow himself in our hearts, over time, our lives become fruitful, abundantly fruitful, more fruitful than they have any right to be, because that is how the grace of the Lord works this great abundance of fruitfulness, even a hundredfold, is what he desires, not just for some hearts that are good, but for all hearts. When the sower is scattering the seed, he's not thinking, well, okay, it's all right if this one lands here and doesn't do anything. The sower scattering the seed wants the seed to grow every place and wants it to bear fruit in every heart. What a beautiful call that is, and what a challenging call. And what a great way to approach the altar recognizing. The sower sows his seed, and the seed lands everywhere. But in those hearts that receive it well, an abundance, an abundance issues forth from them.
Amen.